This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Second Chronicles chapter number 20. I want to start a brand new series today. You can write down the title of the series. It's called Power in My Praise. I believe even as we're experiencing El Paso and Ohio and whatever's going on in your life, I want to remind you that there is power in your praise. In fact, what the enemy is trying to get you to do, he is trying to get you to silence your voice, quiet your faith, and to get you to be without voice to your faith in the things of God. It was the worst because on Wednesday before conference, on Wednesday before conference, I came down with strep throat. And so I, growing up, I know what it means to get sick to where I have to miss school that day. That's just called test day versus when you really get sick. You know the difference. And I knew I was getting sick, so I went to the urgent care, and they gave me a couple shots, and they put me on meds. And I did my best. I was doing okay till about Saturday of conference. I stepped out on stage and I went to talk and nothing came out. And for the next about 42 hours, I didn't have a voice. I lost my voice. I would try and talk, but nothing would come out. What you have to understand is the enemy of your soul wants to quiet or even silence your praise. Because he knows that there is power in your worship. There is power in your praise. And when you start worshiping God, when you start to exalt and magnify, when you start to lift up and to declare who God is, God knows, the enemy knows what happens, that you aren't just going to experience the power of God, you're going to experience the presence of God. In fact, the Bible says that wherever you praise, God lives. So if you praise God in your shower, God's going to show up in the shower. If you worship in your car, God is going to show up in your car. If you praise God on your walk or run, God is going to show up in your walk or run. And if you worship in this church, God is going to show up in this church because the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. You don't need a choir or a worship team. You don't need an iPad or an iPod. All you need is your voice to bring heaven. When you worship, God shows up. In fact, God shows up, and he doesn't show up with half of who he is. He shows up with all that he is. And he kind of shows up. We, we saw the new Aladdin. Have you seen the new Aladdin? It's kind of awkward to see Will Smith so buff. I was good how he looked so buff in the Muhammad Ali one, but this was extra. And Aladdin would show up when, when the, the genie was rubbed, the bottle was rubbed, and he would show up and he'd say, what do you need? When you worship God, God shows up and he is ready and available to say, what do you need? Do you need healing? Do you need faith? Do you need favor? Do you need peace? When you praise, he shows up. He shows up in power. He shows up in strength. He shows up with help. He shows up with a legion of angels. He's not even by himself. He's got his angels. A ministering army shows up when you worship. And the enemy knows it. 
So he wants to get you distracted. He wants to get you all overwhelmed in your problems. He wants you to get to focus on what's happening rather than what could happen. He wants to get you to see what's in the natural instead of the supernatural. But when I start to praise God and I start to worship God, all of a sudden my eyes get off of what I can see. My eyes get off of what I can feel. And my eyes get on to Jesus. And when I get a glimpse of Jesus, when I can see Jesus, all of a sudden my troubles and my problems vanish in the background because I got a glimpse of a mighty Savior and a mighty God. And all of a sudden my troubles subside, but my faith takes way. There's power in your praise. There is power in your worship. Zoe Church is a church that is dedicated to the presence of God. In fact, we're kind of like addicts. We need a hit of the presence of God. We don't just like singing. We love singing. We don't just like church. We love church. Because we know what happens to our soul. We know what happens to our mind. We know what happens to our circumstance when we start to worship our God. Now I want to take you uh, in Scripture to a story, and this is found in 2 Chronicles 20, and it's about a man named Jehoshaphat. Don't try and spell it. Just spell check it. And just, just go to Google. Jehoshaphat. What? Jehoshaphat. Not F-A-T-P-H, you know, fat. And so Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was a leader in the Bible. And Jehoshaphat in the Bible, he, he comes as he's, he's God's leader. He comes up unto an incredible incredible circumstance. In fact, he is under attack from all kinds of different, different enemies. It's not just one enemy, it's multiple enemies. He's, he's being attacked, he's under siege, and as the leader of God's people, he's kind of looking to God going, God, what is about to happen? I don't know if you've ever gone to, through a season like this where, you know, as they say, when it rains, it pours. When it's like, if it's one problem, I can sort it. But God, I've got like multiple problems on the table right now. It's not just finance. It's finance and marriage. It's not just finance and marriage. It's career as well. It's not just finance, marriage, and career. God, the clippers are good now. What are we going to do? <laughs> Who am I preaching to today? He's being attacked on all kinds of fronts. And Jehoshaphat comes to God and says, God, what are you going to do for me? How are you going to help me in this impossible situation? Watch here. I don't know if you got your Bible reading in today, but we're going to read nine verses together today. Just hold on with me. I know it's a lot. Nine scriptures. But watch what the Bible says here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. It says this in verse 17. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still. That's what I have to say to my kids all the time. Son, stand still. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them because the Lord is, what is that word? He's with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the, just make up your own enunciation for it, Kohothi in the heads, and of the children of the, yeah, stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and 
high. See, I believe what God is trying to get you into is a worship that is loud and high. There's something about moving from praise. You ever be in church and you're going like, Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. And then you really get into it and you don't care what anybody else thinks about your voice. Their voices moved into the loud and high worship. So they rose early in the morning and went out in the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should go sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army, they were saying, Praise the Lord. For his mercy endures in this season. For his mercy endures in 2019. No, his mercy endures forever. Come on, clap right now if you believe his mercy will endure through all generations. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambush against the people of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who had come against Judah. And they were defeated for the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly, see how they turned on each other, to utterly destroy them. And when they had made, made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped destroy one another. Did you see what happened? All of the problems turned on each other and instead of them having to fight, the problems started to fight against their problems. Verse 24, so when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. Last verse, 25, when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days getting the spoil because there was so much. I want to preach a message today right down the title. It's called Praising Through My Problems. And you might have some problems today. Maybe you're here and you're like, preacher, you have no idea the problems I'm facing. You are right. I could not even begin to understand what you have gone through and what you're going through right now. But one thing I want to do together in my problems and your problems, we're going to praise through our problems. We might have some problems, but even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear because God is with me. Come on, Zoe, give them a praise right now. We're going to praise through our problems. I'm not saying you don't have problems. I'm not saying you don't have mountains in your ways. I'm just saying through your mountain and through your valley, we're going to praise our God. We're going to lift our voice to the loud and high. We're going to worship God and say, praise the Lord. His love endures forever. Amen? Come on, let's bow our heads 
and let's pray today. Jesus, we thank you that you are awesome and amazing. We thank you that you are good and you are kind. You are loving, you are generous, and you are amazing beyond description. Lord, today we are asking you open up our eyes so we can see you and open up our ears so we can hear you. Do the unique God thing that happens when your word is open. We thank you in advance that the Lakers are blessed and will win the NBA championship. We are praising through that problem in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, Come on, clap and agree with it, Angelinos. And for the Dodgers as well, a shout of it. Hallelujah. Cheers. I think the people that have the biggest problems in our church are parents. All the parents give me an amen. When I think of the problems of parenting, the list is endless. You ever have a newborn and you cannot find the binky for your baby? One of the biggest problems in my household is we have lost the binky that clips on to my son. So when he wakes up in the middle of the night, I have to turn the flashlight on my phone, get on my hands and knees at 3 a.m. and look for a binky that I believe the devil has hidden from me. When you wake up at 3 in the morning, you look for a binky, all of the Christianity inside of you has left. I don't know what tongue I'm praying in, but it's not a godly tongue. Somebody say amen. When you have a problem as a parent, it's like parenting problems are amazing because they happen to every parent. You know, no parent can look at another parent and judge because every parent has to look at each other and be like, I've been there. The other day I was on a flight and this two-year-old had had a, a moment of tantrum and rage and, and was emotional. And, and, and in my head, I was just thinking, I was just watching it happen because I was glad the two-year-old wasn't my two-year-old. I was watching it because I'm like, man, I've been here so many times. I'm just going to observe. How do you handle this? What's, what, what are you going to do? How are you going to, we're all watching, sir. How are you going to handle this situation? But no parent can say in this situation, like, wow, it's a bad parent right there. You know, if they would have fed him on time or napped on time. No, we're on a plane, man. This happens. They melt down. The problems with parenting are all common because we all have the same upbringing. We're all raising kids through the same process. We're all, and the reality is your problems, I'll bet the problems you have, you, the, the reality is everyone here is facing the same issues you're going through. It's not just like, oh, you have such a unique case and such a unique circumstance. No, we are all humans. We all have the same need, and we're all going through a lot of the same struggles. The problem is, is that some of us know how to turn our problems into praise, and other of us, we use our problems as being victims. We actually get quiet. We actually shy away from our faith. No, God wants us to get out of our emotions, out of our feelings, and into our faith, and into the power of our praise. When I start to praise God, I am using my mouth as a weapon of mass destruction. I am saying, problem, you will not win. Situation, you will not overcome. My circumstance is not going to be victor. No, I am declaring that God is with me. I am using my voice. I am using my faith. I am using my praise as a weapon in my life. I am going to worship God even in the most difficult of circumstance. The reality is... The enemy wants to get you to believe that what you're facing is bigger and worse than what everybody else is facing. But the reality is we are all facing the same situation. We are all relating in the same human condition. And we've got to learn how to get out of our feelings and into our faith. We've got to get out of our quietness and into our loud faith.
Did you notice the first thing that God said that Jehoshaphat and the children of Israel should do? He said the first thing that you need to do is you need to position yourself. In fact, when I praise, I am positioning myself. Write down number one today. Praise puts me in a position to see God. Praise. When I praise God, it puts me in a position so I can see who God is. First thing he says, guys, praise God and position yourself to see the salvation of the Lord. The first thing most people do when they face problems, when they have obstacles, is they position themselves to only survey the situation. And they gaze and they gawk and they're in awe of the problem. But here Jehoshaphat said, I don't want you looking at Ammon. I don't want you looking at Moab. I don't want you looking at Mount Seir. I just want you to look at God. Look at God and position yourself to see the salvation of the Lord. I wonder if you change position what you'll see instead. A lot of us, it's not that God's not moving. You're just in a position that you can't see. You're not in the ready position. I grew up playing sports. I know I don't look like it, but let me just use an illustration for a moment. But I'll never forget, in basketball, in basketball, they call it the ready position. There is a ready position on the offense, and there is a ready position in the defense. Offensively, it's called the triple threat. When you take the basketball, you receive it, and I position myself where I can do one of three things very quickly. I can put the ball on the ground and dribble. I can make a pass that fast, or I can go right into a jump. I'm in a, so when I receive the ball, I receive it ready to go. Or in defense, if there's a person I'm guarding, I put myself in a chair position, and I'm defensively ready. My feet are ready to move lateral. My feet are ready to move. Whatever the enemy does, I'm ready to go. I am in a position ready to receive, ready to attack. I wonder if you're in the wrong position today. You're in the position of complaining. You're in the position of wallowing. You're in the position of defeat. You're in the position of rolling over. You're in the position of being negative. You're in the position of criticism. You're, it's amazing. You ever notice how misery loves company? You get in the wrong position and you're like, who else is in the wrong position? You look like you've rolled over to your circumstance. Come on. Do you like popcorn or soda? Let's just roll. Let's just be in the negative position together. But you ever notice how worshipers love being around other worshipers? You ever be in church? You see somebody worship and you're like, that's why I like how he worships. Ooh, that's a little holy hop right there. Whoa. I'm not trying to judge worshipers, but that, you're doing a pretty good job. I wonder if you get out of the position of complaint. And out of the position of just looking at your circumstance and into the position of faith. I'm ready to praise God. I'm ready to see God move. I'm ready to see God move in El Paso and Dayton, Ohio and Los Angeles, California. I'm ready to see God move in my home. I'm ready to see God move in my business. I'm positioned myself in faith to say, God is good. Who can be against us? Oh, come on, Zoe. Give him a praise today. I'm positioned to worship. 
so, so fantastic. I was, I was talking to a friend that is involved with Hillsong United, and Hillsong United is like my favorite worship band in the whole world, and they just sold out Madison Square Garden, first time playing in the garden, and they had sold it out, and there are so many people wanting to buy tickets that they started selling tickets for such a low rate, and they said on the ticket, they let everyone know, the ticket you are buying has an obstructed view. You will not be able to see the stage, but you will hear the sound. People started to buy tickets. They were not even in a position to see the stage, but they just wanted to hear what God was doing. I wonder if you get the kind of faith that would purchase a ticket to get in the presence of the Lord to say, I don't even need to see the salvation. I need to hear the sound of faith, and I'm positioning my family. I'm setting my life up to see God move in such a way. Oh, come on, give them a praise today. When I praise God, it gets me in the right position to see him move. Write down number two. Praise sets up an ambush on my problems. If you're here today, you're like, I got problems. Good. I got 99 problems, but a God ain't one. Oh, I wanted to say it. I just I was like, should I say it? Yes, I should. I got a lot of problems, but let me tell you, my God is not a problem. You know what you ought to do? Start giving your problems problems. You go, you got problems. All right, why don't you serve your problems a bigger problem? Why don't you make your problem have a problem? You got cancer? Well, let's give cancer a problem. How about God? You got poverty? That's all right. My God's a provider. Give poverty a problem. You got angst in your soul? Why don't you give angst a problem? Give them the peace that surpasses all understanding. Give your problem a problem. When you start to worship God, all of a sudden, it's like Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir. All these guys are coming against us. All these people, all these problems, all these issues, all these things, all this situation. And you know what? They started to worship God, and all of a sudden, their problems got a problem. I wonder if you just position yourself to switch it and go, I don't have a problem. My problem has a problem. Because my God is bigger, and my God is stronger. Again, I'm just using some basketball analogies because one of my favorite coaches, Coach Joe, was in the house who coaches the number one AAU team for ninth grade in all of America right there. Make some noise for Coach Joe was in the house. But growing up in basketball, we used to use the expression, there's a mouse in the house. And there was a mouse in the house referred to like if Samoan Jesus, Moana, was in the post and little Nate Lil Nate tried to guard Samoan Jesus. Samoan Jesus is a good 6-5-2. Lil Nate, 5-7 for the illustration. And we would say mouse in the house because the, the taller, stronger center is being guarded by somebody that is no match to guard this massive center in the post. So we'd say mouse in the house because what we are saying is there, th this is no match. Why don't you give your little problem a problem? And you let God show up. And you say, God is going to do amazing things. God is going to provide all my needs. God is going to heal my sickness. Come on, give him a praise. I'm not just going to go by what I see. My ambush is coming in the worship of my God. 
And there was an ambush that came. And an ambush came. And all of a sudden Ammon gets wiped out. And Moab gets wiped out. And all of a sudden, Mount, I wonder how you're going to win your, your problem. Are you going to win your problem by your own effort? Because my Bible said it is not by power and it is not by might, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord. So when I start to worship, the spirit of God moves on my behalf. And all of a sudden, I'm not going by what my circumstance says. I'm going by what my faith in God says. And my God, this problem is no match to the bigness of my God. So praise sets up an ambush on my problems. And all of a sudden, my problems that seem so big, my problems have a problem. And you know what the problem is? My pro- the, the problem is that my God showed up. Because you know what happens? Write down number three. Praise reminds me of who I am and who God is. All of a sudden, when I start in, getting into the loud and I start getting into the praise, and I start getting into worship God, all of a sudden, you ever notice when you come to church and we start singing the songs, all of a sudden you're like, that's right. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. All of a sudden you get reminded, I'm chosen. I'm called. I'm loved. I am forgiven. I'm called by name. This is who I am, and praise reminds me, this is who God is. And all of a sudden I start going, wow, God is amazing. God is big. Let me show you a list of who God is just to remind you of who our God is. He is the Lord God Almighty. He is the Most High God. He is my Master. He is the Jehovah. The Lord is my banner. The Lord is my shepherd. He is the Lord that heals. The Lord is there. The Lord is our righteousness. He is the Lord who sanctifies you. He is the everlasting God. He is the Lord that will provide. He is the Lord of peace and He is the Lord of hosts. Come on, anybody believe that's who God is? When I start worshiping, it's like, oh, I I can't even, there's so many names that he has. There's so many attributes that he has. There's so much character and nature that he has. He's a healer. He's a shepherd. He's a provider. He is faithful. He is merciful. He is good. He endures forever. This is who I am. This is who God is. Come on, praise him right now. Come on, Zoe, get some faith. I know who I am. I know who God is. And and praise is that thing that gets your faith moving. Remember, faith has to get activated. I don't know if you remember growing up and and if you had a house that had a hose. I grew up in Washington and you turn on in in like August right now and you turn on the hose water. The first three minutes of the hose water is the grossest, nastiest, most lukewarm water ever. But you let that hose run for three minutes and then all of a sudden you get back to the hose and it's down. Now that cold, crisp, oh, I need to drink some of this hose water. Come on, anybody grew up drinking from the hose? Come on, when I start to activate my faith, I get into the good of God. I go from feeling like, God, are you for me? God, are you good? God, are you watching? God, did you see El Paso? Did you see Dayton? And all of a sudden, I start to praise the Lord, and my faith gets activated. And I remind me, this is who I am, and this is who God is. Come on, clap right now, and thank God for who he is. (laughs) Write down the last one. Here's the fourth one. And I conclude with this. Praise reminds me. I'm blessed beyond what I can count or carry. When I praise God, it is a reminder to myself that I am so blessed. 
I don't even have enough fingers or numbers to count my blessing, and I cannot carry out the blessing of God. Jehoshaphat was in trouble, and Israel was under siege. And there was not one problem, there was multiple problems. And God said, come over here, Jehoshaphat. I want you to position yourself to see me move on your behalf. And I want you to get some worshipers that will sing loud and sing with faith. And all of a sudden, his problems had problems. And all of a sudden, victory came to Jehoshaphat. And when they came to peer over the cliff and look down at their situation, all they could see was victory. I believe in your next season, all that you're about to see is victory from God. So they come down to the victory, and they're like, let's just look at, because I think when God gives you a God win, don't just go, cool, God, thanks so much, pound it. But you ought to come with the greater praise. And they come down to check out what had happened. And the Bible says the next three days, for three days, it wasn't one or two days, it was three days it took them to collect all the victory and all the spoil of the wind that God had given them. I want to tell you today, you are blessed beyond what you can count and you are blessed beyond what you can carry. You don't have enough hands to carry the blessing of God in your life. You can't even count. If you were to sit here and count your blessings one by one, you could just keep going. God, thank you that I'm healthy. Thank you that I'm whole. Thank you that I'm chosen. Thank you that I'm forgiven. God, thank you that you called me by name. God, thank you that you pulled me out of a dark place. God, thank you that your grace is on my life. God, thank you for your favor that rests on my home. Thank you for your peace that is on my pillow. Thank you for the joy that resides on the inside. And all of a sudden, you can't count how much blessing you've got. You can't carry the goodness of God in your life. You are blessed beyond what you could ever imagine or ask or think. Is anybody thankful today for the blessing and the favor and the victory of our God? That's why the Bible says in Psalms, He pulled me out of a pit, set my feet on a rock, put a new song in my mouth. Many will see it in here and they'll put their trust in this God. The spoil isn't for you to carry and be like, yo, I'm blessed. It's for people to go, hey, I know you, and I know what you were up against. How in the world did you get such victory? How in the world are you so blessed? You go, it wasn't me that won this battle. It was God that showed up, and he did for me what I couldn't do for myself. And he helped me when I was broken, and he pulled me out, and he helped me get a new song in my mouth. Come on, Zoe. Somebody praise God right now. We're going to praise through our problem in the name of Jesus. Jesus.